Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm in a box, Chris. There's no two ways about it. I'm in a box. I didn't want to mention it, but now the video, uh, rather the audio started, I'm a little bit scared. I'm in a box. What is this box? I bought a box that um, like isolates me from the rest of my uh, building because my building is very loud and quite wooden, so there's a lot of uh, uh, reflections, sound reflections, and uh, so I thought I'll get myself a little um, a little vocal booth. And now I'm in it. I feel like um, probably how Dead Mouse feels when he's DJing. <laughs> what what's led you to uh, to do this all of a sudden? Um, rampant professionalism, Chris. Rampant professionalism and the fact that uh, there was an advert for this vocal booth advertised by the singer-songwriter Seal. And who doesn't want to be Seal? He goes out with, like, supermodels and that. Who doesn't want to be Seal? He does. <laughs> exactly. And is it a good purchase? Has it actually worked well? Well, we'll find out, won't we? I'll probably sound like I'm in a multi-million pound studio, whereas you will sound like you're in a kitchen. <laughs> but sound I am like also... Like a kitchen in Sendai, yeah. But also, I am in a kitchen. <laughs> Brilliant. Pretty exciting. Well, I've had, a good, I've had a good week. I've just finished my coffee, and I've had a video come out for the first yes. time in a while. Um, people have been complaining there's been no videos. I don't really know why that's been. I don't know why there's been no videos. I think I've just dropped the ball for a bit because I was off seeing Natsuki, mm. uh, as we heard in last week's podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a new video that's come out. Have you watched it? I have watched it. Uh, that hey. that um, na- um, Ryotaro's friend is... Ryotaro's school friend, was that? Uh, is very um, yeah. charismatic. She was, wasn't yeah. she? She was awesome. That was like a... I, if, you've, if you've seen the video or not seen the video, it's called... What was it called? Crap, I've forgotten the, uh, the title to my own video. Uh, it was something like meeting a stranger, befriending a stranger in a Japanese city or something. Mm. Uh, in the video, I uh, had a challenge where I had to meet uh, a, a local in Matsuyama City and be shown around for the day. And 
there was no there was genuinely no forward planning I did ring Ryotaro and I had to be like do you know anyone in Matsuyama he'll show me around for the day and he conjured up uh, an old university school friend uh, called Kazu this really nice woman and uh, yeah she showed me the round for the day and was a massive hit with the viewers like all the comments <laughs> in the video couldn't have been more flattering King, she King went down Kazu. really well King Kazu the, uh, Kazu. the, old, the old footballer Kazu. yeah she uh, uh, I like the fact that she um, clearly has never seen any of your videos <laughs> I know. I I put her on the spot there. Wonderfully on. I? I was a bit, bit mean, bit mean. <laughs> but uh, I find you always get people whenever you say. So, or people often say, you know, oh yeah, I, I watch your videos, and you're like, yeah, which one? And then they don't know because they haven't actually watched your videos. <laughs> so <laughs> I've started being a dickhead uh, and calling people out on that yeah. for amusing effect. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, she was lovely. Couldn't have gone better. No. And the video went down well. So I'm in a good mood. My mood is often dictated by how well a video does. If a video okay, hits okay. two hundred thousand views, I can smile and be happy. If it doesn't, I cry. And I'm depressed, and no <laughs> amount of coffee can make me happy again. Well, sometimes it'll be like waiting. Video comes out. Well, sometimes it'll be waiting around like the one nine five mark, and then two weeks later it'll have gone over three hundred. You're like, well, where did that happen? Why did that happen in like a month's like a month after? It's, it's weird, YouTube, isn't it? Sometimes things get promoted, the sometimes they YouTube. don't. Oh, it's nonsense, isn't it? We had a, yeah, I had a video that just went viral randomly the other week. I think it was the Pachinko video where mm. Natsuki and I went and played Pachinko and Takayama. It just magically went viral uh, yeah. a few weeks ago and got like another 300,000 views overnight. Yeah. So you never know what to expect. That. It's half the thrill of being mm. a YouTuber. You never know what what's, you're going to wake up to. What's the other half? Hanging out with Natsuki, presumably. Hanging out with Natsuki, <laughs> amongst other things. Yeah. And getting lovely fan mail, uh, like this one. So I got an email from a girl called Shannon uh, the other day. Uh, and here, I'll read it out. She says, I was on a flight from LA to San Francisco and noticed the girl sitting next to me looking over at my phone early in the flight. Road. On the way off the plane, she asked me if I'd been listening to the Abroad in Japan podcast. I said that I was, and we instantly exploded into a fury of conversation about our upcoming trips to Japan. I wish I'd asked her for her Instagram or something so we could t- stay in touch, but alas, potential friend fail. Still, though, it was awesome to connect with another fan for a minute and gush with equal enthusiasm for the show, podcast, and upcoming travel plans. There you go, the Abroad in Japan podcast, bringing people together on planes in America since <laughs> 2018. Who, like who doesn't love a Chris Broad plane-based gush, quite frankly? <laughs> it's just nice to bring some sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Context context to doing this. like YouTube and podcasts, this. Yeah. You know, you often don't realise that there's thousands of people around the world listening. Um, Scares me, Chris. I've got my head in a box, mate. I I, I can't see anyone. (laughs) (laughs) But it's cool. It's kind of cool. Like you forget how brilliant it is doing this. So thanks to that. Thanks for that, Shannon. And if the uh, if there's anyone else listening, or the girl on the plane who spoke to Shannon is listening, uh, drop me an email Mm. and I'll forward it to Shannon, and we can connect you once and once and for all. Lovely old job. Make it happen. Perfect. Yeah. But this week, we are talking about the first thought, 48. What the hell's that? It's like thought, 48. 48. <laughs> Didn't he sing uh, Somebody That I Used To Know? That song. <laughs> 48. Exactly. 48 hours in Japan. Um, we asked you guys to send in your stories or things you'd like to do 
in your first 48 hours Ooh. in Japan? Um, because it's a common question. Lots of people come to Japan, they don't know what to do when they hit the ground running. And so we've got lots of answers from people around the world this week. Mm. Uh, before we dive in, though, what would you do? What have you done, Pete, in your first 48 hours in Japan? Well, I always land at the weekend, so it, in the first 48 hours, I'm usually drunk off my ass. But uh, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a wander around. Um, Akihabara is quite fun. I really like my uh, video games, so see, just going up there and seeing old PC engines and old uh, Sega Mega Drive, that's always uh, quite an easy sell for me. Uh, but it, do you, um, invariably, just eat. Do you drink on the plane on the way over? No. The image of you is just like getting drunk and then landing and then rolling off and being like, yeah, yeah, I'm Wayne Rooney. I've had a sleeping pill. (laughs) Um, uh, Legitimately happened in Washington a few weeks ago. Um, No, I don't drink on the plane, thank you very much. All right, I'll have a glass of uh, red with my dinner uh, and I might have a uh, a, a vodka and, um, what do you call them? Not a red eye, what are they called? What what do normal human English people call them? Red drinks with tomato in, Bloody Marys. I'll have a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, That'll get that gets me off to sleep. Lovely. Red old drink. <laughs> I prefer the title red drink. The old red drink, yeah. The old red drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I um, I don't. My first four year hours in Japan, I think I didn't do a lot. I think I just sat in a hotel room. And then I went to the um, Metropolitan Tower in Shinjuku mm. and just fell asleep in a chocolate cake overlooking the Tokyo skyline. Oh yeah, that was my first day in Japan. Um, it was quite, quite quite good actually. Basically, <laughs> what more could you want? I I always find when I get to a city, I have to go up a skyscraper though and get like a a view over the city, a bit mm. like Assassin's Creed. You know when you climb a tower in Assassin's Creed, yeah, the game, and try and get Jump a view off. of the city. I do that, except I don't then dive headfirst no. into a pile of hay. Uh, but I like to get up, get a good view of the city, and uh, that is something that came up a few times. But let's dive in. Let's see what we've got. What's the first? 48 Hours in Japan story, Mr. Donaldson. Oh la la, Graham in Yukaso says, uh, uh, Greetings Chris and Pete, myself and my wife on our honeymoon visit a town near Nakano to see the snow monkeys in an onsen uh, late 2017. Wandering around the town at night, I spot a sign saying, Coffee 500 yen, uh, which I point out Ooh. to my other half as she loves coffee. We enter a very old cramped coffee house with a woman seemingly in her 90s and not speaking English, the latter half uh, we were used to this point. at this point. My wife orders her coffee and I uh, order a uh, um, but I was getting the bad vibes. When the orange didn't turn up, I wasn't bothered as long as it didn't appear on the bill. The old lady took our 5,000 yen note, around £35, as we didn't have small change and bid us farewell. What? We argued, argued politely with her for ten minutes before my wife went across the alley and brought in the local butcher. He didn't understand English either, but I mimed our situation to this very polite man, and he then argued with the woman for only five minutes. Well, for five minutes. Uh, in the end, we only paid 1,000 yen for our coffee, and we had a good story. So, basically, Graham's first 48 hours scammed out of 4,000 yen. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What I, I love just this image of Graham's other half bringing in the local butcher. Like, what a great well, way! What a great way to plan, start your trip in Japan. Plan C is the uh, local candlestick maker, I reckon. Then, then maybe a tinker and a tailor. <laughs> what was the old woman thinking by just taking all this money, like thirty-five quid for two coffees? What was she? What was going through her mind? Maybe she was. Well, usually maybe she was so old she was old used to like hyperinflation. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> maybe she was used to like hyperinflation or something back in the day. Maybe five thousand yen wasn't very much money <laughs> back in the day. I don't know. Bloody hell! Well, if you find yourself in Nakano, Nagano uh, and you see a coffee shop for five hundred yen, avoid it. It's um, the biggest scam gonna... going. 
<laughs> the greatest scam in Japan. Oh it's not yeah, often no, you hear about scams in yeah, Japan. no. The, the sign, uh, the sign, the zero fell off the sign. It's actually five thousand. Disgusting, eh? Gravity. To be honest, that's the only plausible explanation I can think of, <laughs> um, other than the woman being a bit of a bitch. Anyway, language. Next one. Uh, Caleb from <laughs> Caleb from Singapore. Jeez. Hi, Chris and Pete. I had a very, very memorable first forty-eight hours uh, in Osaka during my last trip to Japan, which is all the way back in two thousand and fifteen. But the memory is still super fresh. Uh, my friends and I had just reached Osaka, and we were on our way out to meet our Airbnb host. Uh, <clears throat> since it was our first time there, we couldn't resist this street-side takoyaki store by this random neighbourhood. Uh, we bought them and went over to a random bench to partake in those balls of goodness. Uh, it was then that one of my friends, let's call him John for now, decided to leave his wallet by the side of the bench and forget about it until evening. We went back to the same bench and alas, it was not there. I went over to the local police box and tried my very best to communicate to the policeman about the lost Fred Perry wallet containing much of his cash. I spent at least two hours stringing up the little Japanese that I know um, by the way the police were speaking in a heavy Kansai accent which was my beginner Japanese knowledge just wasn't good enough to translate and we decided to skip the Kobe beef dinner we had, we had planned to settle for Yoshinoya instead uh, during dinner I told my friend to be more attentive and keep his JR rail pass safe mm. the next day we took the train and ferry out to the island of Miyajima we had a blast but right before we, wa- we wanted to depart the island dear John couldn't find his JR rail pass in just 48 hours clumsy John had lost over a thousand dollars in such a short period of time bloody John <laughs> Caleb from Singapore that is I thought there'd be a happy him. ending to that story. No, I well, yeah. went over to the police box and the police was just holding the wallet. But no, there is no happy ending. If you are a Muppet, and you, <laughs> you will pay the consequences. I guess that's the moral of the story. Yeah, going on holiday with Lovely liabilities job. is something else. It's just like, oh, come on, mate. get it. To- will you just get it together? We all like a good time, but get it together. Like, I'm a big party boy, but I don't lose things. I've always got my passport on me. I'm always very safe with my possessions. And, you know, Japan's a place that you can be, uh, you know, quite laissez-faire with your possessions, literally, in uh, in Caleb and well, uh, yeah, John's place. Yeah, uh, usually, usually people, you hear stories, the one that comes up is they forget their wallet on the train and then they go and collect it the next day and it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the common story. Here there is no happy ending. <laughs> he just screwed it up. I mean, do you have friends that you travel with, Pete, that are... On, on par with uh, Clumsy John? Um, not people who sort of lose things. They're just sort of late. They sort of, they're, they're very, they procrastinate when you're trying to get ready. And I'm like, guys, it's like, it's 11 o'clock. Are we going to leave the house at any point? Like, it's just, um, just fuzzy thinkers. Uh, not like me. Straight as narrow. So sharp. <laughs> you're not a fuzzy thinker. <laughs> I'm not a fuzzy thinker. I just, I just think... I am, you know, if you're if you're um, responsible for everybody else on a holiday, uh, and you can't get your shit together because you're so self-involved, I think that's a a real uh, a real mark of rudeness, in my opinion. There you go. Be careful yeah. you take on holiday. That's exactly. More of the story there, yeah. isn't Don't it? Don't take an idiot on holiday. Go. That's a, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Unless you're an idiot yourself. Poor old clumsy John. Poor John. Poor old clumsy John. <laughs> <laughs> I Hello. presume you do because you read the last one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Dan Ward go. in the UK. Hello, Dan Ward in the UK. Hey, Chris and Pete. I literally just had my 48 hours in Japan. Currently, I'm listening hey. to the podcast uh, on the Shinkansen from Tokyo to Kyoto. Uh, and as you mentioned, Fuji, it came into view. Well, that's quite lucky because it's usually very hazy. 
I was staying near lucky, Shinjuku, lucky. so I spent the first year day exploring the area, went into places like Don Quixote, uh, checked out the arcades, and went for sushi under Godzilla. Uh, the second day, I was heading to Rapongi, but got off the, the metro just after Shibuya uh, to check out a Sakura point uh, that had been flagged on Google Maps, and oh, then wow. I decided to walk to Rapongi. Not, not that long a, a walk. Know, do you know what a Sakura point is? <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? As in, like, is it like a? Well, I presume it's a place where you see blossom. But as in, like, Sakura Point. As in, it's it's a. It gets put on Google Map when you can see a load of blossom. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Ah, that's clever. If you, um, yeah, if you're in Japan and you're using Google Maps and you see like a little flower pop up, that's because Google Maps Japan are pretty good and uh, spotting them. Everyone knows, like cherry blossoms are like the event of the year. And uh, even Google's jumped in on that. It's pretty cool, though. I didn't know that existed until now. <laughs> if you ever see that come up, if you head for the sucker point, you will be over- overwhelmed with the beautiful flowers. Beautiful flowers. Um, yeah, um, and then uh, after that, I took Chris's advice and went up Mori Tower. The view is incredible, Wee. and I even saw Fuji in the distance. After this, I wandered around the large cemetery I saw from the top of the tower. <laughs> Extremely peaceful and beautifully kept. From there, I went to Akihabara and spent the rest of the day there hunting out items I would buy the day after. I spent so much money, I then went to the Square Enix Cafe also. I don't rate it. I've been to the Square Enix Cafe yeah. as well. I also don't rate it, uh, but I did once buy... Uh, a meal that included a little chicken claw, and so Why I had is lots it so of fun. Bad? It's just a bit. I mean, it's just a bit naff, really, isn't it? <laughs> overpriced. Just, just yeah. overpriced. Just everything's a bit shit. Same with the um, uh, what are those big robots? Well, uh, the big robot guys. Yeah, you know the big robot suits. Big robot. Gundam. Gundam Cafe. Yeah. Naki Obara. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. A little bit now. Yeah, yeah. um, I was uh, sat alone next to another guy on his own when a member of staff suddenly requested we share a table as more customers had turned up. For some reason, the guy next to me rose his fists as if to box, which the <laughs> staff member started panicking like crazy. He explained it was in jest, and I moved up to his table to see an awkward <laughs> silence. And yet the table I moved from was never filled! Oh. <sighs> but there we go. My first 48 hours in Japan. Pete, I'm yet to try Coolish, but it's on the list. You leave that Shinkansen right now. Dan Ward in the UK, and you get yourself some bloody Coolish. Run out of the JR um, station, grab yourself a Coolish from the 7-Eleven, and let's have no more about it. Absolutely. Grab some Coolish for the train back, and if you're lucky, yeah. you might see Fuji again whilst having a sip. Lucky <laughs> devil. I never, ever see Mount Fuji. Now, mm. I don't know if you remember, in September I made that video called uh, Mount Fuji Ruined My Day, where I went specifically to the best viewing spot of Mount Fuji to try and see it. I got there, I was there like three or four days, and not once did I catch a glance of it. Not once. And ever since then, people from around the world who are visiting Japan just send me photos hashtagging Mount Fuji with their <laughs> amazing views of it, just to rub it in. So I, I hate everyone that sees Mount Fuji instead of me because I'm a very bitter, twisted individual. Mm. Um, I'll have to try and go back and have another look. Hiding its yama under a bushel, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yes. know. Mm. I um, another point though. Dan brought brought, brought up um, Mori Tower. If you are wanting the best view of Tokyo ever, go up Mori Tower in Rapongi. It's a little bit pricey. It's, I think two thousand yen, but you can go on the rooftop of a two hundred and thirty meter skyscraper, and the view is just incredible. It's right next to Tokyo Tower. Um, I, I, the sky tree is a little bit too far out for a good view of Tokyo, so I always mm. recommend Mori Tower. It's right in the, where the action is. It's right in the heart of Tokyo. Whereas the sky tree, whilst it's twice the height, 
uh, the observation deck, it's just too far away to have a really good view of Tokyo, right. I find, unless you've got a really clear day. So it's my tip of the day, or my tip of this on this comment is Dartmoor Tower instead. Lovely. Yeah, we need a soundbite. We need to get Natsuki saying that. He's <laughs> of the day. The he sort of talks like that. He sort of talks a little bit like a cool rock star, like from the seventies. <laughs> hey, tip of the day. You've, sum- you've summed up that <laughs> frighteningly well. Uh, uh, got a message from Ray and Van. Ooh. Says hi, Chris and Pete. Long time listeners here from Melbourne. Ray and Van here. You guys have kept up our eight-hour-long interstate drive to Adelaide and another eight hours back. Bearable as we smashed through your podcast stash from last year. Way. If you're just new to the podcast, definitely go and check out the old ones. We've got quite a lot of good ones here. Uh, for the first 48 hours in Japan, we thought we'd share our plan for our upcoming trip this November. Upon arrival in Tokyo, if we arrived during the day, we'd smash some sushi in Uebo. I can't pronounce that. Uebe. Why can't I pronounce that? Because it's, it's a really awkward word. Uebe. Spell U U O B E I. Web, I can't do it. Why am I failing? Anyway, <laughs> Shibuya Dogenzaka Sushi Train. Uh, it's just basically it's a sushi restaurant where it comes on a train, just like it would in what everyone thinks Japan looks like. Yeah. And go to a Daiba Wedo Onsen afterwards to relax for the remainder of the day. Uh, for Pete, this is a completely different topic. They say, for Pete, where and how did you get your Japanophile certification? In quotes, quotation marks. Mm. I'm sure many people would love to have that same certificate. Ray and Van, non-certified Japanophiles. How do you get your Japanophile certification, Pete? Well, it's a bit like Dark Souls. I had to uh, I had to destroy um, everyone uh, in a battle um, with a, an enchanted sword. <laughs> and now I've got that certification. Actually, no, I, I ordered it on an iPad in uh, Obe, um Shibuya Sushi Train. <laughs> if you can get into what that... Does, uh- <laughs> If you can, get you can pronounce that. it better than I can. Yeah, well, well, I've been there. I've part. been there about five times because it's the sort of place that you take your friends to impress them. Uh, oh, look, it's Japan. It's the future. If the future was in the 1970s, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, the food's pretty good, and you order the food on little iPads, and they come and it comes on a little train and then returns oh. again. I imagine the back and end that's right of in the that, middle of Shibuya. Oh yes, yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, it's like uh, Nichome, I think. So the sushi's. Sort of pretty cheap when it comes on a train yeah I mean it's Perfect. not great it's not great sushi but <laughs> you get free green tea like in yeah. most places <laughs> I mean if I have a friend coming to Japan I often take them to one of those places just because everyone loves it right it's part of the yeah. Japan experience exactly. food on a train but also I, I don't really go there myself though I find the sushi's a bit nah once you've had like proper sushi where it's done by hand right in front of you fresh out the Ref, like refrigeration thing, it's it look. It's just so much better. It tastes so much better. The cuts are more fresh and they're thicker. Um, yeah, I think once you've had proper sushi, it's hard to go back to conveyor belt sushi. Oh, fancy know. Chris with the YouTuber. Oh, I oh, hang out in hotels eating sushi. Pathetic. I'm a man well, I know of the. You sh- don't like it. I'm a man of the street eating like coolish because you don't like seeing people make sushi by hand in front of you. Yeah, I wash saw your, your hands. reaction to it once. <laughs> yeah, because you know, from, yeah, we watched a man cut up our uh, cut up our uh, steak, our A five wagyu steak, and then I saw him through the window having a cheeky tab out the back, having a cheeky cigarette. <laughs> Outrageous! Or flavour? I don't know. Well, it was yeah. just cigarette flavour. Gives it that smoky Ugh. finish. <laughs> uh, we got a message from uh, Mike here. Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm Mike from Berlin. Which is a wonderful uh, sentence, isn't it? I'm Mike from Berlin. I was in Tokyo in December uh, to yeah. January to celebrate New Year's with my girlfriend who lives there. 
My plane landed in the afternoon and I had some time on my hands before she finished work. So I looked up the closest ramen shop and went there just to realise that the menu is entirely in Japanese. Uh, But I was determined and feeling adventurous, so I pointed on a random item on the list and using a few weeks of uh, Duolingo knowledge I acquired, I said, what have we got here? Kore, kore no... Basically, I know the war character because it looks like a man stepping on some thin ice. You see what I mean? I do. Yeah. I think he made a. I think uh, Mike from Berlin made a mistake of his Japanese, but it says Koryo uh, Kudasai. Koryo Kudasai, which means this one, please. This Give one, please. This one. Oh, so you can so you can shorten Koreo uh, Kurasai. Um, Koreo. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, this, please. <laughs> I learned. I actually, I learned one. I, I heard. A, I, I heard somebody say something quite cute. Uh, what is it? Subasa, Subasa ga hoshi des. I need wings. <laughs> I'm going to use that so much. That? That's going to be my new G Okay, that's going to be my new jet lag. I need wings. Subasa wa. <laughs> Oh, she Where does. did you learn that phrase? <laughs> I don't know. I think I saw the kanji for um, wings, and then I googled the wings, and then basically uh, that came up. Uh, yeah, Tsubasa wa Hoshides. Oh, well, I you need know, wings. 
at least you know what phrase to use when you come over next time. Exactly. When I'm stood at the top of Maury Tower, I go, I need wings. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the waitress nodded after he said this, please, and soon after came back with the most delicious ramen I've ever had. Feeling proud of myself, I slept up in the company of the salaryman uh, around me. This is definitely the best way to kick off an amazing trip to Japan. As for the rest of the year, 48 hours, jet lag definitely dictated my schedule. I was always up at the crack of dawn, so I just walked around the streets watching people getting to work, experiencing a quiet, peaceful Tokyo as it was waking up. It was fascinating uh, and insight into the life of a city that tourists might not always experience so i'd recommend doing the same to anyone thanks to the fun podcasts uh, which make the torturous task of cleaning my flat on the weekends go by much more quickly all the best mikey boy thanks mike what can we learn from mike have some ramen what's and choreo could aside one phrase worth knowing. yeah nice this one please this, Give me one, this one please <laughs> or if it's over there sorry or could aside Whoa. Or if it's right over there, Areo could have said it. Is that right? No. Yeah. Not Areo. really, no. Shit. Not really. Doreo. <laughs> Is it Doreo? Shut up. I've, we're not going there, Pete. I'm going to have to fix oh, this another day. Deary me. Never There's mind. a whole other podcast in the making teaching Pete Japanese way. <laughs> uh, I, Grizz and Pete, keep up the good work with the podcast. No. We normally listen to your podcast on our way to work, but this time... We were listening to it in Japan as we're currently enjoying our second trip here. Yeah, 4D Japan experience, 4D Abroad in Japan podcast, be in Japan whilst listening to the podcast. It's amazing. Mm. Our route in Japan is Tokyo, Kyoto, Nara, Osaka, Himeji, Hiroshima, Takayama, Kanazawa, Nikko, and back to Tokyo. Wow, that's a good route. Mm. That's like a lot of money route. You need to bring a pretty nice big credit card along for that, <laughs> but that is like the ultimate route. I... Uh, can't recommend it enough. Mm. Uh, to answer your question, in the first 48 hours, we made a point of, number one, eating okonomiyaki, Pete's favourite. Number two, decompressing after our, lo- our decompressing after our long flight from Canada with some fresh air and an enjoyable hike around Kamakura. Oh, that's nice. Mm. That's nice. Kamakura, the old ancient town, just f- about an hour outside of Tokyo. It's lovely there. Uh, I think recently I saw a video of PewDiePie there. So. Yeah. If it's good for PewDiePie, it's good for anyone. And especially... The alt-right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that's going. <laughs> and number three, we went to the Studio Ghibli Museum. And that's from Paul and Lorraine Haskins. Mm. Um, nice one. I, went, I think, I went, I, think I, went to, I think I went to Kamakura. That's the one with the um, little... Um, uh, the ninja village, isn't it? Uh, no, it's not actually. Know. No, I'm I've talking been, nonsense. Kan- is. Kamakura is the one with the beach that's not particularly nice and beachy. But it was a nice little town. There's a lovely little... Um, yeah. There's a lovely... It looks like a bank, an old kind of 50s bank building uh, that's been converted mm. into the sm- world's smallest cocktail bar, which is very nice. <laughs> They've got a pretty cool daibu to it, like a big Buddha statue. Mm. That's what I remember from it I also whenever I go to Kamakura which is twice I get bikes and I don't get just normal bikes I get e-bikes Ooh. where you pedal and the, like, the motor kicks in and does nice, all the cycling yes. for you should have done Journey Across Japan using an e-bike <laughs> would have been a lot more easy and fun um, but yeah no Kamakura is a really nice day trip uh, if you're in Tokyo you want to escape to somewhere by the sea a little bit older some old architecture and a nice guy and lovely temples Kamakura mm. and do some surfing mm. but yeah Pete you're right the beach is a bit of a letdown not going to lie there I like the fact that they draw the little you know those little, those little floaty uh, balls that you put in the sea to I don't know 
collect lobsters or whatever they do. Floaty um, They draw little faces on them and they're actually quite um, chilling, actually scary. Um, <laughs> hello to uh, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hi, Chris and Pete says Jan. My name is Jan. I'm from Poland. I'll be alone in Japan for four weeks from the 11th of August this year. It's my first time visit. I'm super excited slash scared. Exciting, Jan. More like it. Um... After getting in my place in Ikebukuro uh, uh, from Narita Airport, I'll probably go to Tokyo Tower to get the glimpse how, uh, how big that city is. We've already covered that. Got a Mori Tower instead. It's lovely. Um, actually, no, Tokyo Tower's the... Can you go up the Tokyo Tower? The old red thing? Yeah. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah, it's good. The only problem right. is you can't see Tokyo Tower from it because you're in it. Um after that I'll probably go to some bars pubs izakayas to uh, drink and meet some locals uh, for the best uh, the next two days I'll probably jump on a rented bike and roam around the city take care Jan excellent uh, I recommend the bar in Shibuya called Bar Rockaholic I swear I'm not in their employ but I certainly recommend their bar because I've been going there for about six years quite frankly um but rented bikes I, I, to be honest like um, getting off the plane last time uh, when I saw you um, I did a mm. bit a couple of legs of your journey across Japan and uh, it was fun because it was like um, it got the blood pumping it got me working a little <laughs> bit it got me doing stuff I wouldn't usually mm. do and it's uh, it, I tell you what settled the jet lag getting on a bike for a couple of hours I'll well, I remember that day really well. We we cycled around Lake Biwa, didn't we? Mm. And it was so beautiful. I think it was like one of the nicest stretches of the entire cycle. Yeah. Just around Definitely Lake Biwa the to right Kyoto, time, didn't apart I? from the rain. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It was really well, nice. well, when we once we got um, to Kyoto, it was it was chucking it down. But before that, it was absolutely lovely. That's the power of the weather. Can power I just say weather. though, I was impressed by your ability to say ikibukuro really quickly easily, or effortlessly. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm not too bad with the Bs and the Ks. It's just the when when it's like. Ueno. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when there's like, just like Ueh. I can't do it. Cannot what do about it. uh I was gonna say, what is it? Asaksa. Can you say that? Asaksa. 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 But also like Asaksa. they sort of con- they seem to like contract a lot of the words, like um like suki uh, ski. Like you you barely hear yeah, the yeah. U, do you? It's mad. Daiski. My name is Keegan. I'm from Washington State. I love listening to the podcast while I'm at work stacking boxes in trucks. It makes the job somewhat bearable. Mm. The second time I went to Japan, my first 48 hours were rough. So I guess this is what not to do. Uh, I flew into Narita Airport and had three hours to get to Haneda Airport for another flight to Nagasaki. That was a terrible idea and I barely made it that's a god bloody hell that's a I don't know how you even did that in three hours they're fairly long distance apart like Tokyo for those of you who don't know Tokyo is two main airports Narita's the big one where lots of foreign travellers come in and Haneda's the kind of domestic airport yeah Um, and to get from Narita to Tokyo is about an hour and ten minutes by like a yeah. little mini bullet train and then you've got to cross all the way across Tokyo get on like another train to Haneda I am amazed you made it so well done oh, uh, God, yeah. once I arrived in Nagasaki it was around 10.30pm or so I've been flying around for 15 hours I met up with my host family who only spoke Japanese and I speak very very little Japanese we proceeded to go to a bar to celebrate my host father's birthday until 2 o'clock in the morning the next day was just <laughs> rough with other adventures barely any sleep long story short if you have to switch airports give yourself more than enough time to do so don't wear a belt through a Japanese airport metal detector and don't go to a bar right after you've been awake for 20 hours keep up the great work (laughs) Keegan bloody hell yeah 
poor that, old that Keegan. Sounds heavy. I mean, just the um, the three hours to get from Haneda from Narita. I mean, Narita is a fair click out of the city. It's a good hour and yeah. fifteen in it, to, just into. Is it Tokyo Station or Ueno or the hell? And then you yeah, get out there to from Tokyo there. Station or Ueno. It's crazy, isn't it? It's not even yeah. It's not even in Tokyo. It's in Chiba. Yeah. I, that's why I try. My tip of the day is there's another tip of the day. There's lots of tips of the day here. <laughs> uh, is uh, always try and fly into Haneda Airport because yeah. it's right in the heart of Tokyo and it's like 20 minutes from the airport into the middle of the city as opposed to Narita. Like it's nothing worse than being jet lagged and tired arriving at Narita Airport, which is really ugly rubbish crappy airport and uh, there goes my sponsorship deals with any narrator <laughs> airport up the, down the drain um but yeah i really don't like it um so try and fly into haneda yeah if you can usually and, uh, um if you go uh, west to east you invariably get there in the morning or i certainly try and get there quite early mm. just so i can make the most of the day um and i quite like um getting a shower at the airport because if you're not going to be checking into your Airbnb until about or, mm. or hotel until about two or three, uh, which most places will will have, um, it's really nice to have a quick shower uh, before you actually That's set true. off, and it, it refreshes you a little bit. There's also in um, in Narita Airport. There's also a capsule hotel called Nine Hours. Okay, I think Nine Hours. Yeah. And I've stayed there, and that's quite a nice capsule hotel. If you want to have a capsule hotel experience for a couple of hours. Uh, when you're leaving Japan and your flight's kind of early in the morning mm. or something, there's, yeah, nine hours. Oh, it's really nice. good. It's quite cheap. And it's one of the best capsule hotels I've stayed in, is the capsules themselves are actually pretty big. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get with a capsule hotel. It might feel like a coffin, or it might feel like a. Well, it might just feel like a nice little. Well, I don't, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> but it might. It it's either feels like a coffin, or it feels kind of. Nice and refreshing mm. and a decent size, cozy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nine hours. Check it out. Lovely. Um, we've got another one from Natalie from Hampshire in the UK, which is where we're from. Go on, Pete. I'll hand this to you while I drink All right, some then. water. Um, I've just yeah. been listening to the uh, whole back catalogue of uh, podcasts over the last few weeks, keeping me company on my breaks at work. I'm coming to Japan for the fifth time this autumn, um, and my first 48 hours are going to be spent in Sendai. We land at 5.30am mm. in Haneda, and we'll head north immediately. In Sendai, we plan to eat uh, Gitan, uh, visit uh, Matsu, Matsushima <coughs> Bay, and the following day, take the train up to Yamagata Prefecture to uh, climb uh, Yamadera Temple. After that, uh, the first 48 hours, we're hiring a car and driving around Tohoku for two weeks, followed by another week in uh, Yamanashi to see uh, Mount Fuji. My four previous trips have all started in, off in Tokyo, so I'm looking forward to exploring a new city and uh, getting to know Tohoku. Um, keep up the good work. Natalie from Hampshire in the UK. Do you know what Gyutan is? Oh, is it some kind of chicken? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds meaty. Uh Close, but not. Uh, uh, no, gyu. Well, let's let's break it down. What's gyu? Uh, almost nine. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it's, oh, it's a kind of meat. Right, gyu. gyu. Think wagyu. Wagyu. Ah, right. Beef then. Let's right, go with beef and tongue. Think, uh, think tongue. You tan. Um, tanned beef. Um, beef, <laughs> a bit of cows that have been left out in the sun for too long. They're practically jerky. We're going to be here a while, aren't we? It's jerky. <laughs> it's jerky, Chris. It's not jerky, but ah. it's kind of close. It's gyu tongue is uh, just cow tongue. Yeah, cow tongue. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. The dish of Sendai. I mean, you wouldn't go and all the way to... it's actually pretty good. Is it? Really? Wow. It is, yeah. Do you get I, that in I, Yoshinoya? I, I... <laughs> 
Uh, you can do actually sometimes. I mean, I think I never had tongue back when I lived in the UK. We do have tongue, don't we? But it's yeah. kind of it's, it's a bit. It's just crap, but, really, isn't it? It's just crap, yeah. But in Japan, they barbecue it, uh, and they do a really good job barbecuing it, marinating it, seasoning it, and you get like a bit of miso sauce with it, and it's really quite good. Um, yeah. It tastes really great, and it's not got the sort of chewy texture you'd expect. It's kind of very lean. It's actually quite healthy, as meat goes, because mm. uh, it's all very lean. There's not mm. much fat in it. So, yeah, I'll have to take you for it next time you're around. Unless you're eating Jamie Oliver's tongue, which is quite fat. <laughs> A fat tongue. Unless you're, I'm, from. I'm just thinking of that. that. Even, I'm trying to even... think of the fattest tongue I know, uh, and it's this Jamie Oliver, uh, the chef, the celebrity chef. He's got quite a fat tongue. Poor so old Jamie Oliver. Poor old Jamie Human Oliver. Human punch bag. <laughs> Bless him. What if he's been to Japan? Oh, he will have done money for for telly. I I'd love to see Gordon Ramsay in Japan. Actually, that'd be pretty fun. I find I'd him. Like to see him on Japanese television sorting <laughs> things out. He will have been on at some point, and somebody will be at this point uh, finding uh, on YouTube uh, a clip of uh, Gordon Ramsay doing his thing on Japanese television. But I think I I never watch any food programs, but Gordon Ramsay's just one of those characters that I can actually watch, and he's at his best when he's in doing his kitchen nightmares, and then he tries something that he really yeah. likes, and he goes. Well, that's delicious, and you don't you don't realise it's going to happen. You're like, oh, he says it's delicious, even though he hated every other meal on your menu. The carrot cake was passable, <laughs> and he's like, I can have I, the can have the uh, can have the recipe, and they're like, no. I think uh-uh. it happens like one in every twenty five episodes. Yeah. He actually likes the food. Yeah, he's just he's just forever I, um, going into walk in fridges, going, what's that fucking doing there? Come on, why is that? Why is that uh, old jar of mayonnaise in the back? What kind of uh, place is this? Rubbish. I must say, Kitchen Nightmares, you, the UK version of Kitchen Nightmares is one of my favourite TV shows. Going off on a tangent here, mm. talking about media, but uh, for those of you that have seen Kitchen Nightmares USA, check out the UK version. It came out before the American version. It's far less dramatised. It's actually, I don't know, it just feels a lot more realistic, whereas yeah. the American version, I can't really watch it because it's really dramatised. There isn't much passion it just seems to be people arguing with Gordon Ramsay for it's, like o- it's always a it's always um, a waiter with a plate of food going in the kitchen going he didn't like the pork <laughs> you put, he said it sucked he said it was dry and I was like the waiter's always on Gordon Ramsay's side where's the company man Gordon Ramsay's going to be there for a day and then he's going to F off somewhere else why don't you have a bit of thought and be on the side of the proprietor and then you won't be mugged off at the end of the series because you've been rude to him on telly no one likes being embarrassed. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. I mean, <laughs> definitely check it out. Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares UK. It's all on YouTube. God bless whoever's uploaded it. <laughs> I uh, spend a lot of my lunchtime is watching it in between eating gyutan. But really uh, yeah, check it out. It's a nice tangent there. Another another fact of the day. Tungent, if anything. Three facts of the day so far. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Chris and Pete. Tay-Tay here, or Tai-Tai. Spelt T-A-E, T-A-E. I'm Don't know how to pronounce it, but let's say... Tato is. Here would be my list of things to do in the first two days. Number one, exchange my JR Rail Pass and go straight to Hiroshima, specifically Onomichi, uh, which is Pete's favourite place. Because mm. Yakuza, the Yakuza game set there. Ah. And also the starting point of the Shimanami Kaido, which is point number two, which is I would then cycle Shimanami Kaido and its seven wonderful bridges. Number three, I would then book an Airbnb somewhere in the middle. And number four, I'd then ferry to Tobishima Kaido for another seven bridges to conquer. Basically, I'd just explore the inland sea via bicycle. Ooh. Uh 
P could also enjoy this since Yakuza is based on the streets of Onomichi. I'm planning to do this in May. Please do tell me if you think this sounds like a suicidal trip. I might then adjust my schedule if it is. <laughs> Thank you. Have a pleasant day, Tate. I'd say it's a great schedule. Mm. It's very rare to find someone who arrives in Japan and goes straight to Hiroshima to do a cycle but that's actually a really good idea and I having done the cycle twice across the Shimanami Kaido it's my favourite thing I'm thinking about doing it this year again for the third time how so, long um, yeah how long really great take? idea the cycle mm. across the inland sea yeah you can do it in a day yeah. like if you get up at about 6am and you start cycling at 7 or 8 Ooh. you can finish it by 5 or 6 right okay um, so do it in the summer when you've got lots of light uh well, although don't do it in August when it's formidably hot but no it's a really nice trip I'd, I'd love to do it again and uh, I always recommend it so yeah great actual really good idea highly recommend it it mm. won't be suicidal um, we got an email from uh, who have we got here uh, Matt in Milwaukee very pleasing uh, Wisconsin 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 oh. um, hi Chris and Pete when this episode comes out my brother our friend and I will be flying to Tokyo for the first time if everything goes smoothly we'll start our first full day by heading to the Kirby Cafe in time for our reservation Cafe. from there we will take a train down to the newly opened uh, Toyosu um, fish market for some actual food <laughs> then we will make our way to uh, Odaiba uh, and enjoy the interactive art shows and uh, technology exhibits. Um, I've been to some of those ones, and they're quite impressive. Um, though um, I did, r- the robot. yeah, I did roll my ankle a few times in there. After taking a break in an onsen, uh, where I believe Onsen World is uh, set, uh, we hope to finish the day by uh, visiting a peculiar bar located near our accommodations called Popeyes, where they claim to have 70 beers on tap. The next day, we hope to spend some quality time in Akihabara to uh, geek out for a bit and then make our way to uh, Shibuya to enjoy the bustling streets before attending an EZM event at a club called Womb. Should be an exciting first two days. Keep up the great work, Matt. Bloody hell. That's yeah. quite the plan, isn't it? Club Womb. That's... that's- I think this is the sort of itinerary you'd like, Pete. It's got um, beer, it's got robots, it's got EDM. You know me. That, that's my middle name, literally. It's uh, it's electronic Donaldson music. Um, I enjoy it immensely. <laughs> and uh, No, I, I, I don't necessarily like EDM. The problem with Japanese clubs is they play the same insipid um, pop-slash-EDM everywhere you go. There is, like, my kingdom mm. for an indie bar, my kingdom for an indie rock uh, club, because, my God, they just play the same and they only play say they'll play like Rihanna's Umbrella Rumpite and now I love that song it's one of the best songs ever written and they play the chorus one chorus and then they get bored and they switch to something else and you're like mate you're giving me the emotional bends here I'm, I'm confused what's going on I want to hear a song about umbrellas. Yeah, damn play right. Full. Play the whole bloody song. <laughs> I know how you feel, mate. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I um, No, I can't stand Japanese nightclubs. I just find they play the worst music. Mm. One time, I was in Rapongi and I found a club playing 80s music. And I got in, I had a drink, I started dancing. About five minutes later, the 80s section ended, ended. and it was EDM. Yeah. And it was like some nightmarish music. And I just, yeah, I can't dance to it. Mm. I don't know what it is. It's just very generic stuff. But... What's the the Kirby Cafe? I didn't know there was a Kirby Cafe. Have you ever been there? Yeah, um, Katar- I, I read Kotaku quite a lot, which, uh, if you like video games, is a pretty decent site. They've, they've opened mm. um, branches all around the world, so you've got a Japanese version, like I think an Indian version as well, and like, all over the place. Um, and um, actually, one of the writers who um, released a couple of books on Japanese tattoos and Japanese whiskey, um, Brian Ashcraft, uh, who right. I think he lives in Osaka, maybe, or somewhere near there, and he... Um, 
and he's quite knowledgeable obviously about uh, everything in Japanese and he's quite a good read on Kotaku uh, but the Kirby Cafe is definitely one of the uh, one of the hits that, that, that brings a lot of traffic to the site the idea the very idea of a Japanese Kirby Cafe um, the thing the thing with like theme cafes is I mean they invariably they just put I mean if I was going to imagine what a Kirby Cafe looks like inside it'd be bright yellow and pink um, and all of the rice dishes would be there'd be too much rice because they'd be trying to make a, a version of Kirby's face in the rice and they'd have a big mouth and, and they're just messing around with your food same with the Gundan Cafe same presumably with the AKB AKB um, uh, 47 48. Cafe 48 whatever I've, I've almost said in my world <laughs> I will not cafe. respect whatever her name is I will not respect her I hate her um, but yeah she, yeah. I just theme cafes are just messing around with food stop messing mm. around with food <laughs> we've trashed a lot of cafes in this podcast yeah from Welcome. Gundam to the other one Gundam I, um, my friend tried to go to the Pokemon Cafe recently but there's like a special reservation system because right. it's so busy that nobody can get in uh, that could be a fun one, though. Everyone loves Pokemon. Well, I, it's been around for enough uh, enough time to, you know, people would demand a little bit more from a Pokemon cafe, I think it's fair to say. It's a big IP, yeah. isn't it? It's a big IP. Right. Well, I'm, another thing from Matt's amazing itinerary is this mm. Toyosu Fish Market. For those of you that don't know, it used to be the uh, super-duper massive fish market, and the name isn't coming to me because I haven't had enough coffee. So, uh, Tsukiji? Tsukiji? No. Yes, good. Is it? Well done, Pete. Yes. Yes. You really are a, you really are a Japan fan. <laughs> well um, yeah, Skiji Fish Market used to be the biggest fish market in the world. It was a bit like Bioshock. You go in and there's like leaky taps everywhere, mm. water dripping from the roof. Very chaotic, very messy, quite unpleasant, but brilliant for it. There was a sense of atmosphere there that you just couldn't get anywhere else. Mm. Um, and I, after reading this, I looked up Toyosu Fish Market, the new one where it all moved to. Yeah. And it just looks a bit sterile. It looks like an airport or a train station or something. You can watch the um, the tuna auctions from there now. Right. Uh, back back at Skiji, you could watch the tuna auctions if you got up at 4am. Mm. And it was like a really hard challenge. I mean, who the hell gets up at 4am? <laughs> I nearly died doing it. But it was kind of worth it to watch the tuna fish auctions un- like go down. Mm. But now they've got this sort of observation deck, like 20 metres above. Yeah. And you can stand there, look out the window at the auctions going on in this kind of clinical atmosphere. I don't know. It just doesn't look very good from the videos. I should check it out before I completely destroy it and slag it off. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of issues uh, with this site when they moved there. Lots of uh, fishermen and folks, fish shops closed down, and they were really unhappy about it. And also, the fish market, Toyosu Fish Market, was built on some sort of waste facility. And there's all sort of problems with radioactive soil or something. Oh, dear. Um, Seems to be all right now. Don't let that put you <laughs> off. But I have to go and check it out. Yeah, I'm around. sure the invites in the post um, since they hear this. Yeah, big tuna will if be, you've been, be on you. If any of you have been? Let us know. Yeah, yeah. let us know at the Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail dot com. Let us know if it's good. We have got one last uh, story here hmm. from Mike. Uh, it says, "Dear Chris, a Mister DJ Man. It's your new name, Pete, Mister wow. DJ Man. I visited Maibashi." In Gunma Prefecture. I love Maibashi. That just sounds like the best known town. <laughs> I visited Maibashi in Gunma Prefecture to stay with a friend. And a night out, the menu offered a dish named Deep Fried Hormones. I was fairly drunk, but I remember it being one of the best meals I've ever eaten. If I went to Japan, in my first four, uh, if I went to Japan again in my first 48 hours, I would track down the restaurant and then eat it till I was probably sick. Kindest regards, Mike in sunny, happy London. 
<laughs> he makes it. Go. He makes it sound like he's eating the restaurant. I'll go back and eat the entire restaurant. There's um. Remember, I played that um song by the uh, band Maximum, the Hormone. They love the word hormone. It seems oh. it's probably just gristle in it. I d- can't say I remember that. I mean, have you have you ever eaten deep fried hormones? No, but it's got to be just tendrils, and it's got to just be um. Uh, what the strings in between tendons? It's probably just chicken tendons that are deep fried. Yeah, they, they know how to cook horrible. awful over there. I can't eat it. <laughs> it's um, it's pronounced horumon, horumon. And you see it at yakiniku uh, grilled meat restaurants, right? Okay, so you're yeah, there the most. And you get like really horrible stuff. <laughs> I remember in a video with I did with Riotaro a year ago. We went to one, and he got deep fried uterus, oh, and no. it looked just fuck, just <laughs> like travesty, but like, it, imagine like non-meat eaters going, well, that just seems normal to me because that you meat eaters are disgusting. Because I mean, like, imagine like we go, oh, <laughs> gross uterus, but we'll go, mmm, delicious muscle, <laughs> yay, let's have some muscle. <laughs> well, to be fair, the uterus did look pretty graphic um, and unpleasant. Mm. From what I recall You can check it out I think we made a video Called Five Meat Dishes You Need to Try in Japan It's right. towards the end of the video You can see it um, It looked horrible I didn't eat it So I can't judge the flavour But it smelled Just oh, just I can still remember the smell Not right It was that bad um, mm. Avoid uterus But try the hormones <laughs> Please Take away from Mike um, But thank you To everyone that sent in their stories There's some really great ideas here And if you're mm. coming to Japan Hopefully you've got a little bit of inspiration From one of the many Awesome stories we've just read out uh, Next week we'll be focusing on Weird Japanese English uh, So send in your favourites If you've been to Japan And you've seen some funny J- Japanese English Japangrish or English uh, Send it in to us Let us know what you've got And I'll be reading out a few of my favourites That I've seen over the years as well But for now guys We'll be back same time next week as always, but have yourself a great week, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world. Goodbye. Have a good one. Hormones! sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.